0: Kia ora, tena katoa. Welcome to Airman's Podcast, episode 372. Today is Thursday, October 20th, 2022. Well, New Zealand had local elections, and what was the message to the people delivered? What does this portend for the general election next year? What is the mood of the country? Eh, whatever. <laughs> That's literally true. I'll talk about that first today, and then I have just some general sort of updates about what I've been up to later on. But first, the elections. Now, I want to say up front that I have ex- blogged rather extensively about this, and my blog posts will have far more details about it than I'm going to cover today. So if you're really interested in the topic, I will put links in the show notes, or or you can just go to my blog, which is amerins.blogspot.com, to uh, read what I wrote. But I have one about the elections in general, one about Hamilton and the Waikato, and one about um, Auckland. So feel free to go there and read those posts and find out what I said and who I voted for and all of that sort of thing. But um it seems a, a bit silly to talk in in too much detail about people who I I would suspect that you probably have never heard of and probably never will hear of. So <laughs> but it it is true that the elections didn't really deliver any specific message despite the best efforts of pundits and political commentators and some journalists to try to suggest it did. And one of the first reason I say that is because last I heard, only about 37% of eligible New Zealanders even bothered to vote. So when you've got little more than a third of the eligible voters voting, you cannot assume that that third speaks for the other two thirds. And that's if there was a coherent message, and there definitely was not. In Auckland, for example, the commentators and, and so on were, were pointing out that uh, some conservative Candidates had defeated some progressive Candidates for Auckland Council And that's true However it's also true that some progressives Beat conservatives so what's your point <laughs> And some uh, Incumbents were defeated and some com- Incumbents were re-elected So there's no clear message there And that was true all over the show There was certainly no sudden Rightward lurch in Most councils that I'm aware of And I wouldn't, I would have been surprised if there was because it, local elections are not national elections. Local issues are not national issues. So I don't know. I don't know that there would have been, that there could have been any sort of direct message like that. But you never know. <laughs> Maybe there was and I just can't see it. But we will definitely know more in the early part of next year. The, the background, of course, is that these are really difficult times. Our inflation rate was announced the other day yesterday day before and it was 7.2 percent and at the same time fuel prices are uncertain diesel has just gone up dramatically which of course affects the price of everything because things taken to the shops including groceries are shipped in diesel trucks and diesel runs the tractors that farmers use so there there could be more pain ahead with There's just no way of knowing. Oh, and interest rates for mortgages are going up as well. And then there's the world situation, isn't there? There's the madman in Russia who's threatening nuclear war. There's the madman in China who's rattling sabers every chance he gets. And then there's storms and (laughs) all kinds of stuff going on. It's a little wonder that people might be a bit worried and even scared about what lies ahead. But whether or not any of that will affect the general election next year, we cannot know now. We'll just have to wait and see what happens over the coming year. But the elections produced, I wouldn't say they produced any surprises. I think that most of the results, if you look at it dispassionately, were more or less expected. Maybe the mayor of Wellington was unexpected. The Green Party candidate won and defeated the candidates affiliated with more mainstream parties, the larger parties, I should say. And, you know, that's... That's about it, really. Oh, and Gore, which is a a town in the in the bottom of the South Island, elected New Zealand's youngest ever mayor, who's twenty three, by eight votes. Now, that's not particularly it's newsworthy, but it's not particularly in- indicative of any sort of mood change, I wouldn't think. But the new mayor of Auckland, there was a vacancy because uh, Mayor Phil Goff had stepped down, and the new mayor is this guy named Wayne Brown. And it's theoretically possible you might hear about him at some point just because he's mayor of the largest city in New Zealand. It's unlikely, but you might. And I did not support him. I think he's a bit of a jerk, to be frank. And he has been, so far, he's been avoiding interviews with mainstream news media. His first scheduled interview since winning the election was with a conservative radio, I mean mainstream in quote marks, radio station, but with a conservative editorial leaning. I think that is because his his chief advisor is a longtime right-wing commentator. He was part of the Young Nationals, which is the youth wing of the National Party. And oh, I could tell you stories about young Nats. But anyway, and he's sort of a Machiavellian sort of character, this Matthew Houghton. And so it could be his doing. I don't know. Watch this space. We'll see what comes of it. But other than that, most of the elections were expected. My friend Richard Hills, who I've mentioned several times, was reelected as a ward councillor in Auckland, as was his teammate, Chris Darby, who I've met a few times. I don't know him well, but... Um, both of them represent my values, certainly. And here in Hamilton, the mayor was reelected, elected and, and I voted for her. In Hamilton, we had single transferable vote, STV, which is a, a ranked choice voting system. And I've forgotten how many mayoral candidates there were, but we could rank them all if we wanted to. And I didn't. I just ranked her number one and then stopped because I didn't want any of the others to win. And in my ward, I voted. There were uh, six candidate, six positions, 17 candidates. And you could rank all 17 if you wanted, but again, some of them were dropkicks and no hopers. So I voted only for, I ranked rather, eight candidates, and of them, four were elected. So you could say that, you know, I had a 50% success rate. But on the other hand, those four candidates made up two thirds of all of the ward counselors for my ward. So I prefer to go that way because that means that. I am an astounding political observer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish. But yeah, so overall the the results were mm. and I wasn't upset with the results in Hamilton or Waikato Regional Council. Um I would have preferred a different candidate for mayor for mayor. I backed fiso Collins. But one of the bigger issues is, I talked before about the fact that so many loons, goons, and cartoons were trying to interfere, or said they were, with the local elections. And in the end, there were about 200 candidates who either were part of that cabal or supported them who were on the ballot um, around the country and councils around the country. Of those 200-ish candidates, about 12 actually won office, which is a, it's a terrible result. I don't think they can possibly do any damage because there aren't enough of them. The thing of it is, though, that they would have used this as a training ground to see how they can do better in the general election next year, although that's not e- that's even harder to get elected because there's much higher turnout. There's about 80-odd percent turnout. And because of our MMP system, it's going to be very difficult for them to get into parliament. The only way they get into parliament is if they won a seat outright, which isn't going to happen, or if they were to throw their weight behind a party or a candidate, they might make the difference perhaps, but I can't see them having, at this particular point, I can't see them having enough influence to to change the result of next year's election. Um, But we'll see, and I'll I'll be returning to that part over the year ahead. Uh, Today there is another protest in New Zealand, from this group called Groundswell, which is ostensibly a farmer's lobby, and they deny that they have any connection to the Voices for Freedom uh, loony group, but it's either that they are associated or that the, the Voices for Freedom always manage to co-opt their protests. I don't know which it is. Take them at the word that, that they don't want them to participate with their goofy signs. The farmers are upset because the government has proposed that they pay for the methane to Gas that they produce in their farming activities, and of course they don't like this idea, so that's what that's all about and Whether they're part of the the looney Tunes or not, they are on the rightward side of the political spectrum in general, the agriculture sector supports the national party almost exclusively, so and certainly not the greens and not labor either generally speaking, so that's what they're about, but at the other end of the spectrum, arguably are some protests in Wellington about climate change. And protesters have been trying to disrupt rush hour traffic in Wellington for several days, uh, hanging banners and then blocking the roadways. And then I think it was yesterday, they glued their hands to the road. I don't know how successfully because, you know, it's a rough service. I don't know. Anyway. But here's the thing. I'm an old political activist from way back when. And the thing I learned in my years of experience is that you don't get what you want by pissing off the people you're trying to win over. And they really pissed off people in Wellington who were stopped from getting to work or whatever it is that they were trying to get to in the morning. And they're not going to get their way by doing that. They're not going to win friends and influence people by pissing them off. And the same thing is actually true about the farmers, because they're just disrupting traffic and things, although not apparently not so bad this time as the last time. And also even with with the loons, goons, and cartoons, because people got really angry at their stunts during the lockdown era. The point, really, is that anyone wanting to accomplish something in the area of public policy needs to be aware that you have to win people over, and the loons, goons, cartoons certainly haven't learned that lesson, the farmers haven't learned that lesson, and neither have these climate activists. And it seems so fundamentally obvious to me that when you piss off the people you're trying to win over, it never ends up well for the (laughs) pisser-offers. But anyway, that, that, that's a little free political science lesson. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> now, I've been doing a few things since my last episode. You might remember the one before that, 370. I was talking about my veggie pod and needing to move it. Well, this past Sunday was a sunny day, and I thought, right, I'm going to do it. And I got a late start because I don't know why, but for some reason, I really overslept on Sunday morning, and it was afternoon before I got to it. And I've been dreading doing it, I'll be honest, because it's a big job, and I was also concerned, like, what if it was really tiring and I had to stop and then it rained while I had the dirt out? and I had concerns. So I went out there and I took the the lid off and I pulled all the weeds that had been growing inside of it out. And I was going to go get the plastic and a shovel and all that to try to just, just start digging it out so I could move it. And I thought, well... Before I do that because I have to walk around the house to the garage to do it, I thought I might as well try to lift it out to see if I can get it free. so I rocked it a bit back and forth and side to side, and then I went over to I went to each leg in turn each corner, and I pulled it up and got it free because it rained. The day before rather extensively So the ground was softer than it had been Since I was able to get it out I just kept lifting one at a time till I got them all out And then I pulled it across the grass Onto the patio where it now lives And I was very pleased with myself As you might imagine But underneath it of course Were all of the weeds That hadn't been touched in at least a year um, I couldn't mow underneath the the stand For the veggie pod And I also couldn't use my um, line trimmer Underneath it because I couldn't fit it Underneath there although I tried, I did the periphery, but that's as, as good as I could do. So I pulled out whatever I could. And then I went and got the garden fork to pull the the root clumps up because some of these had been growing so long that they had developed woody base and um, massive root clumps. So I had to pull it out. So there's a bare patch of dirt now, but the end of this week, the weather's supposed to be good. And I'm planning on mowing the lawn and then I'm going to do Sprinkle some grass seed in the spot to um, get it started. But meanwhile, I've gotten my seeds together to plant the veggie pod this year. I'm going to grow some herbs, mostly in lettuces and other salad stuff, primarily. And I'm also going to try to grow some other stuff in other pots here and there and see how that goes. And I'll say more about that when I see how, I, <laughs> see how it turns out. <laughs> But um, yeah, so that's one project that's been on my to-do list for at least a year. And it is now finally done, um, to all intents and purposes. Yes, I have to sow some grass seed, but that essentially it's it's moved. And that's the thing that was really weighing on my mind. Also last week, my sister had wanted um, some information about our father. And I knew that I'd written an essay about it when I was in high school. And so I needed to find it because I was pretty sure I had it. And I also knew where it was likely to be. But I also thought I should check in my bedroom first because there some stuff, a lot of stuff has gotten separated over the the past couple of years as I've gone through things and moved things around, which is why I have so much trouble finding things or that I find things again and refind them and then re-find them again because I keep putting them somewhere. So I, I did look in there and I didn't find it in there and I didn't think I would, to, to be honest. But... I found some other stuff. I thought, oh, I can deal with this. So I moved a, a bit out of there, and it's it's not enough that anybody else would notice, but I can sh- certainly see that there's less stuff in my bedroom now than there was at the start of last week. So I went out in, into the garage to. There I have some plastic crates, you know, the kind of the lid that clicks on, where I keep these things, and it's it's all stuff that I brought with me from America, and it's all pretty much all I've got from from those years stuff going back to my childhood stuff from my adolescence and it's all there and so I found the the essay I was looking for but I also found other bits and pieces like I found some playlists I'd written for some mixtapes I made in the 80s mid to late 80s mostly I don't seem to have the tapes anymore I don't think I do although I the other day I found one from that era so I'm gonna I'm gonna see what what's what I I already created a couple of uh, Spotify playlists and I'm going to do the same thing with these. And then I'll do a blog post talking about all of them and what, if anything, <laughs> was in my head at the time that I did it. Although one of the lists said, oh, David Bowie. That's it. Well, that narrows it down, doesn't it? Yeah, so I've still got some more research to do before I can do any of that. But the larger point in that is that it was a pleasant experience because I was going through stuff that has some personal meaning to me. And I've often talked about... um How ultimately, when when I die, somebody's just going to have to hire a company to come in and clear out the house, and I don't care what happens to it, and that's true. But as I get rid of stuff, and as I purge, and as I throw stuff away and whatnot, those, I think it's four plastic crates, they're relatively small, are untouchable. They are no-go zones. They are non-negotiable, because they are literally all I have left of my life in America. And... I'm not going to part with them. I don't have to, and I'm not going to. <laughs> but anyway, I've got plenty more to get rid of. so It's not like I'm going to be short of uh, things to sell, give, what is it? Sell, donate, toss, recycle. I think that's that's the thing. At any rate. So this week I don't have a whole lot more on. It is labor weekend this weekend, which is a holiday weekend. Labor Day is Monday, and traditionally that is when people plan out plant out their gardens for summer. So tomorrow I'm going up to the garden to well to the home center to, to buy some plants and material and uh, <laughs> supplies and then i'm going to work on that over the following few days because that's the done thing isn't it yeah so that's pretty much all i'm all i have been up to and all i'm going to be up to and as i said if you want to read in detail what i said about the um local elections here in new zealand i will put links in the show notes show notes or you can just go to ameron's.blogspot.com that's it for today that's probably it for this week i will talk to you soon ka kite ano Bye. You can comment on this or any episode of the Amren's Podcast at amrenspodcast.com where you can also leave a voice message. You can visit and comment on the Amren's Facebook page or you can email me with or without a voice message at amarons at gmail.com. This podcast is a proud member of the Pride 48 Network and is produced and distributed under Creative Commons license. Complete details at the website.